You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. can't see the thing around it. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. I am Mimi Walker, and I will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and get comfortable. Get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, whether that's alkaline water, red Kool-Aid, a hot cup of tea with honey, a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, or Hennessy, and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It is none other than your resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, Mimi Walker, and today is a very special episode of Hand Me My Purse. One, today is the Juneteenth episode for Hand Me My Purse uh, for 2021. And today I have my dream guest on the show. Last year, some of you may remember that uh, I shared with you in episode number nine, which is where I did a recap of my Juneteenth of last year. Um... I shared that I, you know, was doing a lot of ancestral research and, you know, genealogical research, just trying to find out some things about, um, you know, who I am, where I'm from, where my family's from, my ancestors are from. And um, I had taken several tests and I'll get into that more. But 
I manifested when I first started this podcast because I had just embarked on that journey about two months prior when my grandfather passed away, um, doing all this research. And I said that I wanted to have um, a specific guest on the show. Well, today that guest joins me and just stay tuned and you'll find out exactly who that guest is. But today, let me just, you know, get into what I'm drinking. Um, moment of transparency. Uh, recently, I was sick because I was dehydrated because I got a little excited and drank a little too much. Okay, sis was down bad. So um, I'm just taking a break from that uh, liquid fire. And today I'm drinking water. While I wanted to have an amazing Juneteenth cocktail, uh, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm drinking? Water. Because all of the water that I lost that was dried up in my body uh, a few days ago, I am replenishing it. And I am only drinking water uh, because I owe it to myself, to my liver and to my bloodstream to uh, continuously fill my body with quality H2O. So today I'm drinking water, you know, maybe on Juneteenth, I'll drink a red soda, not strawberry soda, because I don't actually like strawberry soda. But on Juneteenth, on Saturday, I will find a red soda and I will have it for my ancestors, for the culture and for my people. But today, sis is drinking on some water. So friends and kin, I have said before that I am not quite doing uh, Auntie Mimi's jam the same way. I actually am going to post my jam, a link to the video in the show notes. So go watch the show notes, go watch, go read the show notes. But um, I'm working through some things, trying to figure out something different for y'all as far as the jam is concerned. If the jam even stays in that same capacity, because it could just end up in the show notes. Anyway, uh, this episode, the jam is Sounds of Blackness, Optimistic, and we all should know that song. It is a staple in the black community. It is all about uh, encouragement. And the lyrics say, or the chorus says, be optimistic, you can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. In my mind, the reason I chose this song is because I would imagine that our ancestors that were slaves had to have that same mentality, right? They had to do that. That's the only way that they could have made it through is to be optimistic and always look up, right? Um, I could think of some other ways that they could have made it through. And some of them definitely did and part did partake, excuse me, in those ways. And shout out to them for being rebels. But moving forward, um, I said I was going to share some, you know, random, but not so random black information. I have a hard time saying the word facts. I did it just that moment. So great. So I'm going to share some black facts, right? So today's black fact is um, just about the story and the uh, narrative around when slavery started in America or in the United States. And we all know, or at least we should be aware of the whole 1619 start of slavery in what's called Jamestown. 
I'll get into exactly where Jamestown was located in a second, but the story how it really goes, or based on what I know, is that there was a ship of captured slaves, I'm sorry, a ship of captured Africans from what we now know as Angola in West Africa headed to Mexico. And yes, friends and kin, there were plenty of slaves taken to Mexico during the transatlantic slave trade. I have to say that slowly. And there's a large amount of Afro-Mexicans that live in Mexico now, mainly in Guerrero State, Veracruz and Oaxaca. But that's a whole nother show for a whole nother time. I digress. Anyway, the ship made it to Mexico. Some Englishmen on another ship, two other ships actually, robbed that ship, theft on theft on theft, of captured Africans and then sailed on to Jamestown, Virginia, which then included parts of the Tidewater region. You know, I talk about the Tidewater region all the time, all the time. Shout out to the 757, but not for that reason. Jamestown actually was settled back in the early 1600s on what we now know as part of, like I said, the Tidewater region or the Tidewater area, the 757, where I always talk about my mother's paternal ancestors are actually from. So Hampton, Newport News, Yorktown, etc. This, according to American lore, is where slavery on this soil, American soil, was born or birthed. But what they don't tell us is that there were enslaved Africans captured by Spaniards and by the Portuguese in Florida and South Carolina as early as 1526. But who really knows the actual truth? Because clearly they shoved the whole 1619 narrative down our throats with American history curriculum in schools in this country. And they don't even tell that story in full truth. In order to get more information, you would have to take, you know, more classes. You would have to take a class in college or a class or somewhere or do some reading on your own to find out that, yeah, that may not be the full truth. Translation. It's all a concocted story that eliminates facts to create the illusion of a nation built on greatness. It's built on all types of theft, on theft, on lies, on theft, and it's just full on delusions of grandeur. Yes, those things probably happened. But that was not the first time that enslaved Africans were brought to American soil. I suggest you do your own research and learn as much as you can on your own, because I always say that my father told me that self-knowledge is the best knowledge and not just from one place. If you can take a class, read a book. Oh, my God. Read a book. Expand your knowledge and explore. Somewhere in the midst of all the classes and all the text, there lies the truth. Maybe. Now let's get into the show. Hello, friends and kin. I have uh, my dream guest on with me today. This is so exciting. This is our uh, Juneteenth episode. Uh, the first episode, Juneteenth episode, of course, I did was last year because I just started this podcast last year. But I'm so excited to have my guest here today and to have the conversation that we're going to have today because it is something that I believe is very important to 
our community. And I think that, and my guests can talk about it more, but I feel like more of us are starting to do it, but more of us should be doing it. Like there should be like a mass insurgence of Black folks who should be doing this. Anyway, let me stop talking because you know I will ramble. I have on the show with me today, the amazing Dr. Gina Page of AfricanAncestry.com, which is a genetic a DNA genetic testing. I'm going to let her explain it because she can explain it much better than I can. So put down what you're doing and clap wherever you are and give her a round of applause. Hello, Dr. Page. Hey, Mimi. How are you? I'm black and proud and grateful. That's how that I'm is, doing today. That is a great response. I might steal it's that the from truth. you. Yeah. Hey, if it's your truth, use it. Listen, I might steal that from you. Absolutely. (laughs) Black, proud, and grateful. So we have Dr. Page here. I'm really excited. Dr. Page, I want you to, um, I asked Dr. Page to bring something to drink. Tell me what you're drinking today. Yes. uh, So I'm drinking kombucha. Yes. Okay. What flavor? What brand? It's, um, the brand is Hum. Okay. H-U-M, but it's Hum Zero. So they did, it doesn't have a lot of added sugar, which means you can drink more of it. Yes. And so, I don't know what this flavor. I think this oh peach. Peach. And it's how peach. does it taste? I'm a I love kombucha. It I have oh, here I am being transparent. But I have uh GERD, I have acid reflux, and kombucha is literally the balm of Gilead for me. Like I could be really sick. I could I usually don't drink like a whole bottle because I read somewhere that you should not consume a lot of it at once in one sitting. Mm. But if I'm not feeling well, I will drink the whole bottle in a, in about an hour. I will feel better. I like it. I think it's they have four flavors mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this one comes in a little can. So oh, that's it's not good. like the big 16 ounce bottles. Um, Where did you get it from? I got it just from the regular grocery store. From the grocery store. I live in D.C. Right. So I got it at Giant. Okay. Are you from DC? Mm-hmm. Good. I'm a DC girl. Shout out to DC. Shout out. I talk about DC all the time. Shout out to old DC when DC was blackety black. Wow. Before yeah. the gentrifiers and the colonizers came back to uh Christopher Columbus the city. Because DC, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, because I, I have people who listen from all over the world. I don't know what makes them want to listen to me, but I will take it. DC was originally called in the black community Chocolate City, right? Because it was so black. And I wouldn't call it Chocolate City anymore. No. Yeah, we we aren't the majority. Well, we might actually, I don't think we're the if we're the majority still, it's only by a few percentage points. It's really, I mean, D.C. used to be 70, 80 percent black. Um, but, yeah, those days are over. There, there are probably maybe there are three neighborhoods you can walk through and not see new neighbors. I like that. And not That's see about new, it. new neighbors. That is very, <laughs> very. That's a nice way to put it. Not see new neighbors and their dogs. Right. Right. Because they so, even they're even in Southeast. I, like I said, there might be three neighborhoods wow. where you, you don't see new neighbors. They're, they every neighborhood has new neighbors. In I have an aunt who the show and aunts, uh, my aunt Faloma, shout out to my aunt Faloma, who was an educator in D.C. <laughs> and uh, she lived in Deanwood. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't it's think. I am interested to see what Dean lo- Dean Wood looks like now and see if there are a lot of new neighbors there. There are. 
that's unfortunate for us. You know, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because, excuse me, it, on the one hand, you have the loss of the, or a change, a loss of the culture of the neighborhood and the city. Um, And the houses were being sold under not so great pretenses a lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, But the flip side is that you have new retail outlets, Mm -hmm. new new, uh, restaurants, you know, you have more things that you get to take advantage of um, as a resident of the city. And, you know, the new neighbors are the priority. So if you live in a, like near my house, there's a, uh, right down the street, actually, there's an elementary school. Mm -hmm. And this neighborhood is turning very quickly and the neighbor the, the elementary school has new windows oh, wow. it's got three playgrounds three new brand new state-of-the-art playgrounds so and of course know, when our kids were there the swings were broken it was glass right. on the playground right we benefit but at what cost right dr page can you tell us a little bit about African ancestry and what was your motivation behind or the driving factor behind the creation or its birth? I'd be happy to tell you about African ancestry. That's why I'm here. Absolutely. Um, So we're a genetic ancestry testing company. We are the pioneers, in fact, of genetic ancestry tracing for Black people around the world. And our mission, Mimi, is to help Black people transform the way we view ourselves and the way we view Africa. And we've chosen to do that through DNA. And so our company offers test kits that use your DNA to reconnect you with the place, the geographic location uh, that your maternal ancestor or your paternal ancestor shares ancestry within the past 2000 years. So what does that mean exactly? It means we can tell you the present day African country and ethnic group or tribe like we've done for you. Uh, I won't spill your results because you haven't given me permission to do that. But like we did, we've done for Chadwick Boseman who shares Limba ancestry Mm. uh, with people living in Sierra Leone today or um, somebody like uh, Taraji P. Henson, who shares maternal genetic ancestry with the Masa people living in Cameroon today. And so that's basically the structure of what we do. But what we are really is we're in the identity business. Okay. And we're here to help Black people better understand who they are by understanding where they come from. It's so interesting. First of all, shout out, shout out to Chad, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Rest peacefully. And shout out to Taraji Pienson, who is a DC girl. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that hearing you say that it warms my heart because I feel like 90% of our issues, if we're taking accountability for us, right? Not what I love the term new neighbors, not what the new neighbors may have done because they're still new neighbors because this is not their land. Um, Starts with 
an issue around identity. Like, I feel like we were brought here. I was listening to a TED talk that you did and you were saying the numbers. And it's not like I'm not aware of the numbers. You read the numbers and it's like, (gasps) but when you hear somebody say the millions, if I'm not mistaken, I think you said like 50 million, you can correct me, but the millions of people that were brought from Africa to South America, North America, and the Caribbean during the transatlantic slave trade. Like, we don't really know. The good thing about, well, not, I don't want to say the good thing, but the thing about Caribbean people is that they were able to, and we have, but there's something about their culture that seems a little more steeped in uh, African traditions to me. And Mm -hmm. I don't, and, and maybe it's just because I'm wanting something that, you know, I don't necessarily have a lot of access to, you know, they have their own, and it could really just be like the visual aspect. Like they have a flag. You know, I never really thought about it like that. And that's a, that's a, that's an, a new observation for me. And I, I just as a lay person, cause I'm not a historian, but mm-hmm. as a lay person, I'm sitting here thinking what could be the reason for that or a, some of the reasons for that. And, and one of the reasons may be that those places are so much smaller yeah. than the United States. So if you think about South Carolina mm-hmm. and the Gullah Geechee people, they right. have preserved that Sierra Leonean, excuse me, the Mende culture, the Temini culture, the every, it's super, everything, but so much of it has been preserved in South Carolina. Absolutely. You know, when you start looking at these islands, they're small. And so that's probably why they were able to retain uh, the culture more significantly. And then the other thing I would guess guesstimate, but I'd want to get an expert's opinion on it, is that I believe that the slave traders and the slaveholders did a slightly better job of accounting for people Mm -hmm. who were enslaved. And so there may be more cultural retention because they were able to retain their identities in terms of name and Absolutely. family connection. I'm not sure about that, but I, it I, makes I sense, believe though. that's what I, yeah. It so, makes sense. The other thing about them, I and I don't know if this plays into how you view it, but what I've noticed is that our Caribbean cousins, they have very, the ones living here anyway, have very strong national pride. Yes. They have a very strong sense of nationality. And That's so for so I hear people <clears throat> from uh, the Caribbean who say, well, I know I'm from Jamaica. I know I'm from Haiti or I know I'm from Trinidad. And that's good enough for them. Right. It's good. It's good for them. They that's feel it. good about being from that place. Whereas we don't always feel so good about. Uh, our American identity until maybe we travel. Once you travel, then you're like, oh, okay. I, I, get, I get the benefit of so my I, Americanness. 
Right. So I think that as you were speaking, I was kind of thinking it through. I think that you, I think that the the size of the islands play a very, very uh, major part of it. And even with Brazil, who they received the most um, Africans during mm-hmm. the slave trade, it's still just a country. Not not just a country, right. but it's still a country that's rooted in culture. They they are one, kind of like the Jamaican, um, the national like motto or mantra: "We are one people." I think it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this country, if the country was just South Carolina or the entire country was South Carolina, United States, I think it would look much more similar to that. But because we have all these states, and also I was thinking about because of the migration. So of course we came here, we were in the South, although some people say that black people were here, you know, there's so many theories, black people were here before the slave. Well, there's some theories that we, we weren't even brought here as, as enslaved people. So well, <laughs> everybody God got, bless that. Everybody everybody got, got theories. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the migration or the, 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 the concept of like moving away from the South, because when you go to the South, as you were talking, I'm thinking it through. Um, when you go to the South, you can still feel some of it. Like when I go to New Orleans, some about New Orleans feels real African to me. I don't know what it is. It could be the heat, but something about New Orleans feels really African to me. I recently watched the documentary on Netflix, High on the Hog, which I'm trying to get everybody that I come into contact with to watch. Even my new neighbors, I was about to say even white people, but even our new neighbors, I have told some of them uh, that I work with, I'm an educator and they're, you know, I'm like, you need to watch this because you are teaching children that look like me about history. How about you learn some different types of history so that you can learn some different things to teach them about who they are and where they come from. And so um, I think that Migration plays a a big part of it. For me, the reason that I started even thinking about this, a friend of mine, um, she was really in the Caribbean culture, like really. And she'll probably listen to this episode because she does a lot of genealogy and ancestry work too. But she was really in the Caribbean culture. Like I would even venture to say borderline obsessed. I'm 41. So this is when we were in our early 20s. And she kind of introduced me not to reggae because, of course, I knew about reggae music, but like soca music and going to like soca feds and partying. And I used to party in D.C. Remember when D.C. used to have carnival and it was I'm in Baltimore. The um the parade. Yes. Yes. The and she, West Indian Day Parade. Yeah. Or, I think that's what they I can't remember now what they called it. But they I thought they that, called it D.C. No. Carnival. They stopped that a long time. Oh, ago. Maybe, maybe they did. Girl, when you <laughs> when you were 20, I didn't live here. I was. <laughs> Oh, I was off. But anyway, yes, I know you're not. You're you're not that much older than me at all. Um, And we're going to just stick with that one. But she I remember going to the parade for the first time and I was like, okay, I'm here for this. It's good. It's black people. They dancing around. They jumping. I like it. I'm a jump. I'm a dance. Wait a minute. And then, you know, soca songs always say, wave your flag, wave your flag, wave it. And I was like, I don't have no damn flag. And I was like, I am not waving an American flag under any circumstances. Then I was like, well, I could have a red, black and green flag, but then everybody's going to know, like, I don't really belong. And then I started to feel like, hey, I don't really belong here. 
And I started to feel like, well, what about black Americans? Like we don't, I'm not waving no damn American flag. I'm not doing it. One thing I will say, my father, I come from a, you know, we don't really do those kind of things in my family. I'm not waving an American flag. Maybe I need a Juneteenth flag or something, but. Well, and there is a Juneteenth flag. I know, I know. So that's an idea. Yeah. That's real though. And I, I appreciate you sharing that experience because when you started talking, my mind went directly to my friend who's an artist, playwright, director, writer. Um, Sangu Jakam. He's mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Shout out to Sangu. And he wrote a play, when a one-man play, when he took our test. Okay. Oh, wow. And there's a scene, and I didn't know him when he, I didn't know him when he'd written this play. Okay. Um, and there's a scene where he's at the West African Day Parade in Brooklyn. So maybe that's what I'm why I called it that. Mm-hmm. Um, West Indian Day and his he was with these fine women, and one mm-hmm. is Trini, and one is this, and one is that. And they asked him, What are you? See? And he was like, I'm black. Yeah. And they and they ha- he has this refrain where they say, You're black, this plain old black. And he's like, why you have to go and say it like that? that so it, it's uh, he had a similar experience, not with the what flag to fly, but feeling like he didn't belong because he couldn't say where he was from beyond America. And if I could be really transparent, because that's what I do here. Um, I have, you know, I have. Lots of Caribbean friends. I have American friends. I don't, I'm not the kind of person who, well, now I'm only going to hang out with Caribbean people because I want to be down. Not in that way, but other people's cultures are really interesting to me, right? And I have some Black people say, like, I love going to Paris. It is my jam. I would love to move there. I call it my Frexit. I would love to move to France. I do. I would. And I've had Black people say to me that, um, you know, oh, I don't want to go to Europe because, and I'm like, this is just dumb. Like, why don't you want to go to Europe? This doesn't make any sense. Learn about other people's cultures because it also helps you to appreciate your own. And you can also see where they've taken from ours, right? And so um, I, it, there's a sense of longing that I know I'm not the only Black person in America who feels this, looking for a connection to I would I would guess to Africa or just to a greater community that isn't necessarily, you know, a black American community. Not there's nothing wrong with being black American. That's not what I'm saying for people who can't think outside of a small box. But there's a like it was almost like in that moment at that parade when I was like, I don't have a flag to wave. And nobody ever like really questioned. I mean, of course they would ask me, oh, where are you from? Like guys, and they were trying to like hit on you. Where are you mm-hmm. from? But like, there was a sense of loneliness that I felt. Like almost like I was standing in the eye of a storm and all of these things were going on around me. And I was, and all because of a, a flag. But I think that that flag like symbolizes so much to Caribbean people. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much pride that they have 
even though like their ancestors went through slavery, you know, went through a lot of the same things that we went through. Um, but I don't have that same kind of pride that, uh, well, I don't think a lot of black people ain't going to have the same kind of pride that a Haitian is going to have. Cause yeah. It's the, Haitians it's are, it's an, yeah. are, they're, they're, they're the, they're, they're OGs of <laughs> life to me, but I feel like it's hard for me to find a space or hold a space for that kind of pride. Just given yeah, the it's history. It's a national it's identity. It's, yeah. And we, we've been conditioned mm-hmm. to accept the national identity of America. And it's, you know, it's just counter that identity is counter to who we are as people of African descent. So there's going to be that, that rub and there's going to be a void. And and that is why we exist. Absolutely. That's exactly why we exist. Absolutely. So um, tell me about, I know we ventured off, but that's kind of what I do. So tell me a little bit more about um, African ancestry. Have you taken, of course you've taken the test. What are your results? So I have never taken shaving. a test. Really? I, I have never taken one because other family members have taken them. Okay. Okay. So I, I wish you guys could have seen my face. Like my whole <laughs> jaw was in, in my bosom. Like what? But that makes sense. Right. So my mother mm-hmm. took our matriclan test, okay. which traces mother to mother to mother to mother to mother on back. Mm-hmm. When she did that, The results were the same for my grandmother, her brothers and sisters, their kids, my aunts and uncles, their kids, their kids now, Um, me and my cousins. I already said that. I don't have any kids, but had I had children, it would have been the same for them. So we only needed one test. Yeah, you only need one. So she did it. And it traced us back to the Fulani people living in Nigeria today. Okay. And then um, my mother wanted to know her paternal line. Mm -hmm. She had stories from her father who had said that his grandfather was a Portuguese stonemason. So her father wasn't living. Her brother wasn't living. But her brother's son, her nephew, was is living so she had him take our Patroclan test to trace her father's 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 line and it went back to Portugal. Oh so, so you got the you got the European results back. Right, which happens for 35% of the men that take our paternal test. And then my father, because he's a man, mm-hmm. he did the maternal test and the paternal test. Right. And so on his side, through one line, I share ancestry with the Hausa people living in Nigeria. And then on another line, I share um, ancestry. So it's kind of indirect because mm-hmm. it's his, it's my gr- paternal grandmother, okay. not my, my maternal grandmother, um, with uh, the uh, crew people living in Liberia today. Okay. That's that's pretty awesome. So it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up. So for people who don't quite understand, because African ancestry 
is um I was going to say is a little bit different, but it's very different from the standard genetic testing that you take. Um, it depends I, can on I say the their standard. Names? Can I, you, you're right. Right. It depends Let me on take the that standard. right. So we the are the standard. Are you are the standard. We are African ancestry is the original <laughs> and the standard, the knockoffs. So these are the um, <laughs> these are the Louis Vuitton bags that you buy on Delancey Street or on Canal right, Street. Inside, okay. Exactly. Oh, or, or the the Gucci belts in Times Square, right? Right. That are often sold by our African brothers, but um. <laughs> enterprising right they're business they're they're businessmen what how is it so different because um i've taken three of the not we're gonna call them the knockoff test i've taken three of the knockoff that's not kind i shouldn't say that i can say this is my show you've taken three of our colleagues you are really good you are really good at finding kind ways to say, I need to be your um, mentee with that because I'm not good at that at all. Um, well, three of uh, the African, the colleagues of an- African ancestry um, testing, I've taken a total of four tests with African ancestry being the first test that I took. And I have a question about that before I go into the results that I had. When you take the test, um, so I took the matriclan test because I'm a woman or I'm female. Mm-hmm. And I learned about my mother's 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 mother back at least 2000 years, right? Mm-hmm. Her, my yeah. maternal lineage, right? Right. I can't take the Patriclan test because I'm not a male. Right. Right. So my, my mother's father or one of my mother's father's sons or one of my mother's father's son's sons would have yep. to take that test. Correct. Right. To get your grandfather's line. Right. And then for my father's side, um, my grandmother or one of her daughters or any of her children could take the matric clan test, even the right. male children. Right. Right. And then for my father's father's side, it would have to be my grandfather who is no longer living. Rest in peace, grandpa. Um, or my father, or any of my grandfather's sons, or any of his well, my father's sons, because my grandfather, um, my father was the only one who had sons. Yeah. Right. It has to I be. I yeah. Can I jump in here? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you set the stage very well and you get an A plus because people Thank don't you. usually <laughs> Yes, A people plus. can't yes, you get an A plus Mimi. I people don't usually grasp, can't usually communicate it so clearly. I've been talking for a long time. (laughs) One thing I can do is communicate well. So there are two types of ancestry tests in the marketplace today. Okay. There's a single lineage test. And then there's called, there's what's called an admixture test Mm -hmm. or an autosomal. Autosomal. Yeah. And I'm just going to break break down that for one second. So if you imagine that we each get 50% of our DNA from our mother and 50% from our father, Mm -hmm. then if your mother's yellow and your father's blue, you're going to be green. Okay. Do you have any siblings? Oh, honey, (laughs) my mother has... Do you have any siblings that you share both parents with? Nope. There's just me. Okay. But my brothers, you, my father's children, other sons, they share ma- maternal and paternal. Okay. Impression. So you have 
you have siblings with your mom yes. from your mom. Yes, okay. So you and your siblings from your mom mm-hmm. are all green, different shades of green because mm-hmm. they got different dads. But right. there's a little bit of DNA that each of you inherited from your mother that didn't mix with your blues. It didn't turn green. It stayed okay. yellow. It stayed yellow. Okay. That's like a variegated plant almost. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. The nerd. The nerd. I'm sorry. So that yellow dot mm-hmm. is called mitochondrial DNA, mtDNA. Okay. Right. It's maternally inherited. So mm-hmm. you and your siblings have the same yellow dot because you got it from your mother. Mm-hmm. She and her siblings have the same yellow dot as you, that exact same dot, because they got it from your grandmother and it didn't change. And she got it from your great grandmother. It didn't change. So this yellow dot you've inherited from mother to mother to mother to mother, Mm -hmm. that generations and thousands of years. Okay. It doesn't change. It never mixes. So if we find other people in the world with your same yellow dot, you had to get it from the same woman at right. some point. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's a single lineage out of all of your green, all of the green branches of your tree. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the yellow branch, okay. which is your mother's mother's mother. With One the matcha line test. with, with the matcha clan test. Okay. So that's what a single lineage test looks like. Okay. There's also a single lineage test that looks at DNA that's inherited from the father. So one of your brothers, they got a blue dot from your father. You didn't get it because the blue dot, that little bit of DNA that they got from your father is called the Y chromosome. Mm -hmm. And the Y chromosome is paternally inherited by males. Mm -hmm. It's, It's what determines maleness. So women, we don't have Y chromosomes. No. But that Y chromosome, your brothers got it from your father. He got it from his father. He got it from his father and so on and so on. It didn't change despite all of the women that are mothers on that side. Mm -hmm. The blue dot stayed the same. So that's a single lineage of paternal ancestry that you can get using African ancestry's Patroclan test. Now, the other companies, 23andMe, Ancestry.com. My um, heritage took all three of those. Oh, yeah. uh, Family Tree DNA. Mm -hmm. They do what's called an autosomal test. Mm -hmm. They look at the green DNA. Okay. They look at all the DNA that got mixed together. Okay. Okay. And so because it's all mixed together, you don't know which came from your mother which came from your father, which came from your grandmother on your father's side. You just, because it all mixed together. And, it's just and all green, changed. all shades of green. All shades of green. So mm. with, the, with an autosomal test, uh, with all of these tests, whatever DNA we capture, whether we capture your yellow dot, your blue dot, or your green, we take those and we compare them against DNA from people all over the world. Right. So we compared your yellow dot to yellow dots from people all over the world. When you're looking for African results, 
You want your yellow dot to be compared to as many African yellow dots, right? Absolutely. Because you're looking for a match. You don't want us to just compare you to 200 yellow dots because the chances of of us finding our match are too slim. Right. If you want to find, if you're looking for Europe, Mm -hmm. then you want your yellow dot to be compared to as many European yellow dots as possible. Okay. Makes sense. I hope y'all are following this. If not, just listen to it again. Does it matter? Is it, is it It's making perfect sense. Okay. But I can be a bit of a, a little (laughs) bit of a nerd with this kind of stuff. Plus like it makes, it makes all of the sense to me. So when, when African, the way that African ancestry is different than the other companies is that we have the one, we look at yellow dots and blue dots, maternal lineages and paternal lineages. We're not concerned with the mixture. No. Because we're answering the question, where was my, my, where were my mother's people before the transatlantic slave trade? Right. Where were my father's people before the transatlantic slave trade? So we have the largest collection of African yellow dots and blue dots in the world. That's dope. We've collected them from people in countries and in groups or tribes. Mm -hmm. So we can tell you with specificity, if your maternal lineage comes back African, then it's shared with the Biaka tribe or the, the Biaka, in your case, the, the Biaka in my case, people. the Biaka people of Central African Republic. Exactly. That's how specific. We're not saying you're some percent African, no. some percent this. That's what we do. That's our lane. We are connecting you to specificity in Africa when the result is African. Our colleagues, 23andMe, Ancestry, those people, they're answering the question. Uh, different questions. They're answering a question of what health traits do I have? Mm-hmm. Who is my, who are my fifth and sixth cousins? Child, I got or... 1,500 fourth cousins on 23andMe. What? <laughs> I don't need right. that information. <laughs> right. And, but to pull you in, yeah. oh wait, I forgot the biggest difference. We don't sell or share your DNA. To listen. So once you send us Say your it again. DNA. Listen. I always, when I found that out, like I used to tell a joke, I used to be like, you know, that's how, you know, black people running this. Cause black people don't look, don't be giving my, don't be t- giving nobody my phone number. You know how your mommy's don't be giving nobody my phone number. Don't tell nobody my address. Don't tell nobody where we live. They don't black folks. We don't play about that. Don't give out our information. I said, yep. that's why you need to take this one. And it's a sell to black people because we do feel that way. It, it, it gives you you know, all jokes aside, a sense of like trust. Like I trust, I can trust this test, this brand, this company, because they're not going to sell my stuff the way your colleagues do. Right. Yeah. So my, our colleagues, those are, that's really why they're in business because they need, they want your DNA so that they can then mine it for health information. Mm -hmm. They can make connections with other family members so that you then go on their site and you pay the subscription fee to con- sure to build your family tree and all of that to draw you in they say we're going to tell you where in the world you come from mm-hmm. but because but they don't they don't that's because they don't have they can't they cannot because they only have we have over 30,000 african yellow dots and blue dots wow they have about 
no more than 2,000 African green dots. Wow. So when they compare your green dot to the green dots of people all over Africa, they of can't course. get specific because no. there's so few. So they say That's your why I have 15,000 six cousins. Right. So, and it's okay if you want to know how much African ancestry you have mm-hmm. or how much European ancestry you have or if you have Native American ancestry, then you need an admixture test. You need an autosomal test. Right. But if you want to know where directly you're connected so that you can explore traditions and values and cultures Mm -hmm. and practices and beliefs, then they're just going to tell you that you're African. Right. And so I'm going to tell you listeners that now for free, everybody who's listening to this podcast, who considers themselves to be black, you're you're somewhere around 75% African. Well, where were you when I needed you? In the words of Stevie Wonder, where were you when I needed you last summer? (laughs) I don't know what difference it makes. Actually, I'm I'm like 80 to 82% African. Right, so you're a little bit above the average. Okay. I'm I'm really black. Exactly. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Exactly. You're still black if you're 40, 42%. Yes, you are. You got one drop in the US of A, you black. So you, 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 the blackest one drop is all you need. And then for the flip side, you know, if you found out you were 17% European, what difference does that make? You still, your, your neighborhood's still going to get gentrified. Yep. You're still going to not get a favorable loan rate. No. You still aren't going to be able to, you know, there's all, you, we don't, I'm we a, don't take cabs anymore, but back in the day, you still you couldn't still can't get, get a cab. So, so it doesn't really matter. It just, so it, so the, and they, 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 they keep share and research your yeah. genetic information. So that's the other thing. And they don't have any black scientists yeah, and like I could keep going about all of those kind of things. But um, that's the main difference is each test serves its own purpose. If you mm-hmm. want to know where specifically down to the ethnic group level you co- you come from, mm-hmm. African ancestry is a test for you. If you want to know, find your fifth and sixth cousins, then there's another company that has a test for you. There are plenty of them. But so... For me, Did we spend too much time on that. No, absolutely. That is okay. not how this show goes. We, okay. we just going to roll with the punches. So here's um, a little bit about my story. The first test that I took was African ancestry because I was not concerned in the least bit about because like I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm black. Duh. Right. If you look at me, it is very obvious that I'm black. Right. Um. I wanted that connection. I wanted to know more about, like there was a hunger for me to learn about um, where, like like you said, the cultures, the traditions, and for me spiritually to understand like how I became who I am. Because when you when you get those results back and you start looking at them, for me, when I got my results back and they were the 
again, the Biaka tribe or the Biaka people living in Central African Republic, I started to do some research immediately. I was like, yes, what is this? Who are these people? And I started to, to look and these are the people that um, Europeans dub or call pygmies, which is really not um, a kind word name to call them, but they are hunter gatherers, right? I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They lived off the land. They lived in the forest. Um, they love to sing. I can hit a little note. Um, they love to dance. I will dance for hours into the night. Um, they, Africans period, I believe, I don't know if I want to call it vanity, but, you know, Africans are into how we look. How we look is really important. These are the people, for those of you who are not as in tune with, you know, different cultures, these are the people who shave their teeth to look like, um, to have like points, like points. And it is considered, I always thought they did it to like scare people when I was a little kid. Because why did I know about this as a little kid? But because I like documentaries, but that's a form of beauty. And that was amazing to me. But in all transparency, I felt I hit like a wall when I was doing research because there was a lot of white, of course, there's a lot of white research on people uh, of Central African Republic. There's a lot of research um, and it kind of started to make me sick on my stomach because it was very expensive exploitative is that mm-hmm. the word it was it was they were extremely exploited um they can sing and i forget what it's called but they can like harmonize with themselves in their throat yeah which is amazing i would love for cuz layla hathaway can also do it i yeah. found this out during my deep dive i would love to find out if she is um she's got any biaka going on you know we did we traced layla's um maternal ancestry and revealed Mm -hmm. her and i i gotta look it up but i believe she shares ancestry with the bamaleke people living in cameroon Cameroon today okay but they can hit they one of the things that i pride myself on when i sing is that i can listen and i can harmonize like really well And I said, well, it makes sense. And I got that from my mother. My mother taught me how to sing. My mother taught me when I was six or seven years old, how to harmonize, how to listen. And we would harmonize and sing together. And it made me like feel warm inside. Like this makes sense. I get it. But I hit a wall in doing research because like I said, the research was very white. It was very European and it made me feel sad almost mm, because I yeah. hit a wall. I didn't really, I couldn't find any more um, like natural research. Everything was exploiting the way they sing and um, exploiting them for, you know, the, the shaving of the teeth and nothing really made me feel like um, it was a celebration of them as a people if that makes sense. And maybe I just haven't found it yet. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just haven't found it. And then I felt, as I did more research, Dr. Page, I got more sad. And once again, I'm going to be honest. I was like, how did I get these, you know, people that live in the middle of the continent and they live in the forest. I felt like I could, I can't just go there because of course I looked up how safe is it to go there? Like, you know, there aren't really any trips to go there. You know, there's no like packages. Like I felt like stuck almost. Right. 
And it could just be where, you know, I was in my research and I just kind of set it down and said, I'm just going to celebrate the stuff that I do know. Right. No, no, I'm listening. I'm just looking to see um, because a lot of times when that happens, you can take a different tack. So like you can go to an African studies department okay. at a university. You can go to the embassy. Okay. You can, and I don't mean physically, but you know, right. contact. You can look for the universities there. Mm, okay. Um, because that those are some of the ways that you are likely to get authentic yeah yeah. firsthand communications i feel like they speak french isn't that a french-speaking country i let me see i'm about to look it up okay i thought that they speak um bantu languages right but i mean as the as the country the colonized language of central african republic so it could be that you'd find more written about or written by people from that country in French. Okay. Which is so funny because I started studying French um, last year. I've been doing it for about um, April the 1st of last year. Um, I really like hunker down and, and I've been learning French every single day. I have like the Duolingo app on my phone. Oh, nice. Every day I study French every single day. Well, that's what I would do. I would look okay. at some of the um, French-speaking resources okay. and explore Central African Republic that way, even though those are those are still the mainstream ones will be through a, a European lens. Okay. But I think if you go from a French, and that'd be, a, you know, that'd be good homework for you. Good. Okay. I, I not that. homework, but a no, good I like way it. To learn, I love, you know? I love, I love an assignment. It's good. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. And so, um, initially that was my, I took that test and I was like, okay. Then I remembered that my, um, aunt, my grand, my maternal grandmother's sister informed me when I was about 10, that my mother's stepfather, who I always thought was my grandfather was not her biological father. Right. And then she told me again when I was about 20. And so I asked for his name again. And she told me his name specifically and that he and his mother, she had him, his name and his mother's name were from Newport News, Virginia. Now I'm from Baltimore City. Right. I grew up in L.A. Uh, my family, we tra- we migrate to L.A. And, you know, some of us come back, some of us stayed. But on my father's side, but on my mother's side, we are from Baltimore. We are Baltimoreans through and through. Newport News, I didn't even really know what Newport News was. I only knew of Newport News as a child because she would say that, you know, because she was the spicy aunt. She would say it to be petty and mean, and that ain't even none of your mother's father. Oh, okay, thanks. I'm 10. I'm going back outside. I don't know. Why are you saying this to me, Aunt Grace? But when I did a deep dive with that name and that location, she was absolutely right. And I'm like, she got to know something because it's too it's too detailed. So I was very adamant about not taking your colleagues test for all of the reasons that you stated. They sell your data. They sell the data. They don't have black scientists because I found that out because I did my research when I took your test. They don't have black scientists. Um, 
the information is not as detailed, but I wanted to find, see if I could find my mother's father's family. And so I took those, t- a couple of those tests. I think I took my heritage first and, you know, I got some percentages and then I took ancestry and then I took 23 Me. Well, I found my mother's biological half brother. I don't really say half brother because in the black community, we don't really do that. That's our brother. Right. I found my mother's brother on her father's side. And um, that was the main reason that I wanted to take that test was to find it. I also started to like doing like ancestral um, research. Like I would sit and for five hours, I would just be on ancestry researching records and looking and putting like, it's like doing a puzzle, like a really intense puzzle. And I have learned so much about both sides of my family, but I found him. Uh, he contacted me actually just, you know, on the humble, like a general thing saying, I saw you edited something because I hate typos. I saw you edited something. And when you look at those and those documents, like census, the census documents, the white people that were taking, get collecting the information, they don't care how they spelled our names. That's why there's so many iterations of names. Right. And so I edited like one of my ancestors' names. And he said, I saw you edited that. That was my great-great-grandmother. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, I think I'm related to her too. And he was like, all right, cuz. And he said who his father was. And I was like, um, I don't think we're cousins. I think that you might be my uncle because your father and my mother have the father is the same person. And so we ended up connecting. I haven't seen or talked to my mother in a very long time. So it makes me sad sometimes because I can't even share this information Mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And like a lot of people in her family have passed away. Um, I just don't really have the same connection with her family that I do with my father's family. My father's family, I'm submerged in that family. Like I'm at the core of the family. Like they my people. And I think because of that, like sometimes there's a longing for understanding things or knowing about my mother's family. And this Mm -hmm. finding him was definitely a blessing and a gift from God. It definitely was. And it was like a year after um, my father's brother passed away. Not that he takes the place of my uncle because nobody will ever take the place of that uncle. Um, And it's really been a blessing. And that has been the only reason that I took those tests. One of the things that I didn't like about those tests, or I didn't understand, I shouldn't say that I didn't like, why is it, Dr. Page, that all of them came back with like different results? The results were generally in the same vicinity, but they did place me in some different places. My heritage said that I had like some Eastern European um, stuff and like Viking stuff going on. So I kind of got excited because I was like, Okay, if I'm gonna be white, at least, and that was the first one I took, at least they weren't the whites that were really into the slave trade. Good. If I'm gonna have it, because I know I have it, at least they were like gypsies or something, or like, you know, they were over there. They're not really coming down here, bothering people too much. And the Vikings, they just wanna stay up there and Viking. They aren't really, you know, they just wanna be with their people. Then the next test I took, no, they didn't. There was no um, Eastern European and there was no Scandinavian. It was the typical Irish and British. And I was like, OK, well, great. There goes that um, thought. Remember, I told you how you companies take your DNA and compare it to a collection or a database 
of DNA. Right. Every company's collection of DNA, reference collection of DNA is different. That's weird. So my heritage has a different set of data points mm-hmm. than 23andMe does. And mm-hmm. theirs is different than Ancestry.com. So okay. there's no way that you're going to get the exact same percentages because one may not have Scandinavian samples in it, for right. example, right. where the other one does. Um, so that's one reason. The other reason, well, that's the reason why they would be different across companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had ex- instances, for example, where someone has taken our test and we found their ancestry with, um, let's say, the Balanta people living in, in uh, Guinea-Bissau. And then they take, let's just say, they take Ancestry.com and they don't see Guinea-Bissau. Yeah. So then they assume, the customer assumes that we're wrong. Of course. Because Ancestry.com didn't tell them Guinea-Bissau. But if you look at Ancestry.com's reference data set, they don't have any samples from Guinea-Bissau. No. So how are they going to give you that answer? Absolutely. They don't have any, any, um, there are so many countries that they don't have data from because they only have 2000 data points. So, you know, it's just every company's database is different. So you're going, you're likely to get different. So related, here's another example. I know that you probably would ask me this question about, you know, an example of when someone's been disappointed Mm -hmm. by their results. Mm -hmm. So there's some, I don't know if somebody on YouTube, I don't know, you know, if she's an influencer or what, but she slammed us. Well, I'm going to leave her a not nice comment. After we're done, you tell me who she is. (laughs) She slammed us because she thought she was one thing and our result didn't show that. Mm -hmm. But what our result did show was consistent with other stuff she got. So, you know, it's just people. People want to, I feel like people want to create, you know, an identity for themselves. They do. And they should, they should, but then you can't, because that's what identity is, Mimi. Identity is a constantly evolving narrative of self. And that's one of the benefits of being human that we get to define our identities for ourselves. So my my pushback on that, Dr. Page, though, is that you can't hide from the truth, though. Right. And right. So you can't be mad thing, when yeah. somebody tells you something that you don't like. You can right. choose not to embrace it. You can right. choose not to use it. You can choose not to live by it. But they're not wrong because right. it doesn't Absolutely. Con- it doesn't align with what you want it to say. And when you said that, it made me think of this whole new concept of being uh, what is it? Transracial. Like, get the hell out of here with that. Uh, I don't, don't that that's out of control to me. And it made me think of Rachel Dolezal. And she, when you said we get to choose our identity, I think it is totally unfair that, and maybe because I'm black and I don't want people trying to be black that ain't black because we got enough shit over here. Just do your thing over there, new neighbor, and let us just be black and try to figure our stuff out. But 
I think that, and maybe I'm wrong for this, and maybe I'm not being a um, nice, kind person, but I think that even though we do get to create our identities or we get to create our own realities, so to speak, we you can't hide from the truth or the facts. So we got slammed by someone on YouTube because her parents are Liberian. Okay. She took our match clan test and we traced her. We found matches for her among the Yoruba and the Fulani people in Nigeria. Okay. So she slammed us because my parents are Liberian and you all said that I'm from Nigeria. But her Ancestry.com results said that she was 10% Nigerian. Well, sis. So they're not wrong. No. We're wrong, even though there was some con- Connection. consistency between the two companies' results, not to mention the fact that people in Liberia don't even know their ancestry because yeah. Liberia was formed in large part by repatriated Africans, Africans. as was Freetown in Sierra Leone. So absolutely. But it's that idea that one, if it's not what the other companies say, even though it was, mm-hmm. that African ancestry must be wrong. And two, it wasn't what she wanted to hear. Absolutely. So African ancestry must be wrong. And and we get that, not a whole lot, but but people are do get upset when they don't receive what they thought they should receive. Mm-hmm. And that is directly tied to how we what we incorporate into our identities and what we make important to how we view ourselves. It's interesting you said that because sometimes, and I know this isn't going to be kind to say, but I'm going to say it because it's my show and I can say what I want. But I kind of think that's kind of um, asinine. One, to think that um, people couldn't travel from Nigeria to Liberia at some point. One. Also, two, um, your research goes back thousands of years. So let's say thousands of years ago, her ancestors, which they were, were from Liberia, um, Nigeria. Okay, there was a whole middle passage in slave trade. Let's say they moved. They didn't move. They were taken from Nigeria and then they went to America. And let's say they came back to Liberia. Like, why couldn't she make that connection Especially when Ancestry validated your research. The problem, Dr. Page, is that if it ain't white, then it can't be right. Which is an identity problem. It is a major but problem. But it's not our fault. No, I, it's I, not. I, I will say get that. I backs on that. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. That's why mm-hmm. I said earlier, like, we understand or we should understand that I, when I get into debates or conversations about, like, racism and, you know, the problems that our community face... In my in my opinion, all roads travel back to slavery. Everything can just go right back to that. You know, when people talk to me about, oh, well, black people shouldn't be killing black people. This is not the time to talk about that. And if you do want to talk about it, why do we kill each other? Let's go all the let's take the little dots, do 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 do, and we can go right back to slavery, right? And 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 I would I want to encourage you, Mimi, to look at it even further, or even more broadly, as going back to colonization. Absolutely. Because the damage that was done as a result of slavery on this side Mm -hmm. is very similar to the damage that has been done on the continent as a result of colonization. Colonization. So while they weren't technically enslaved, the 
the impact of that colonization is the same as slavery was on us. Absolutely. And I just think that I don't understand why people cannot think beyond like a bubble. Like you, like you said, it's a bigger picture because you made my big picture even more broad because it goes back to colonization. And I just don't, it bothers me. I think that she would assume that if she really would have just sat down and just connected the dots, she would have understood that you guys couldn't be wrong. But why is it that you guys are wrong? Why did the black company have to be in? Wait, and why do we have to be a scam? Not a scam. Yeah. You know what? I saw something on YouTube <laughs> that said that um, African ancestry was a scam or something. And I just kept looking because I didn't. Yeah. So we can't even just we can't we can't even have a dialogue about misunderstanding or lack of understanding. It has and to automatically go to it's a scam. And, and I think that's a you know, that's just a. That's a function, I think, of all Black businesses, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to any Black-owned business or Black business owner who sells products targeted to Black people, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in a group of such companies. Right. And um, it, it almost to the one, to the person. We have all experienced this set of assumptions that holds Black businesses to a higher standard Absolutely. than any standard that we would e- begin to think to hold a my uh mainstream business too, or I'm not gonna say mainstream, a white owned business. Just too. say it. Yep, it is. You it is. you know you'll let uh you can go shopping back in the day. <laughs> you can go shopping at, at J Crew. Yeah, great example. You can go shopping in J Crew and get followed around the store, mm-hmm. get questioned, everything else, and then still wear J Crew. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny, Dr. But, Bridge, you said that. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, but then if a Black-owned, if you call a Black-owned business and you don't get the level of customer service that you think you should get, you're, it's a you're never going to go there again. Nope, you're it's a smear campaign. Everybody in there. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a- Absolutely. Just, it's funny you said that because I talked about it before on the show. I can't remember what episode about how we treat Black-owned businesses. We will go to the Cheesecake Factory, Red Lobster, Ruth Chris, uh, Morton Steakhouse. We will go to all of those franchises. And because so many... I noticed during the pandemic that so many like black owned, like little restaurants or like pop-up food places appeared. Look, it's a pandemic. We got to get it how we live. Right. And um, everybody was like, Oh, we're going to support black businesses. You should always do that. You shouldn't just do that. Cause somebody killed George Floyd. We should always be supporting wow. one another. We should always support one another. Don't start, you know, being blackity black because the country I don't even want to go there, but we will go to these restaurants and there could be a roach on the wall. 
the waiter could be not bring you any water. Your food could be cold. They could bring you the wrong order. The manager could not take things off the bill when they made errors. And we're going to go back to the Cheesecake Factory. We might make a post about it on social media or talk to our friends. Girl, I went to the Cheesecake Factory. They got my order wrong. They get on my nerves. Three months later, we're going back, if that long. Let somebody Black, let, let there be a Black business. First of all, once again, we're not thinking on a big scale. The business is small. There's one There's one uh, brick and mortar. If there's a brick and mortar, they get your order wrong or, you know, whatever. Something happens. Oh, it's a whole smear campaign. And I hate these words. This is why I don't support black business. No, oh that's God. not why you don't support black business. Exactly. You don't support black business because you a coon. And I said it. That's I said it. You don't support black business because you you have some issues because the black business is probably giving you more food. The food is cooked by people you know it tastes good. It's not microwaved in a bag. They're cooking it. Um and and I don't like how we just don't give each other a chance. There's no grace. There's no there's no, oh. there's no more grace. You there's know no how many grace. times that, that that's another thing that I bet you if you ask the next black business owner that you talk to, um, when they say you're so professional, oh, that's God. another one. When you get complimented for being so professional as if professionalism is not the norm and they're surprised and happy to receive it. But that's there's, all based on white gaze. There's so many. There's so it's many horrible. of those little things. But it's anyway, horrible. sorry, we got. Yeah, I mean, yes. identity, the impact of this on our these types of this type of conditioning on our identity is real. And that's why and when you said you don't understand why people don't look beyond their bubble and why they don't. You do understand it. They just haven't been exposed. It, yeah. They're listening to music that doesn't encourage that. They're watching television shows that doesn't encourage that. They're watching movies that doesn't encourage that. We live in a country that doesn't encourage that. Yeah, they're following people online. But but we all live in it. You and I live in the same country. So it's not it's not living in a country that doesn't do it because we live in the country and we think we understand it. But it's it's what we consume. And Mm. so that's why it's so important to have voices like yours and others who give people another perspective. And perhaps if we end that we, um, that we encourage people who are influencers, Mm -hmm. since that's the thing now, to perhaps broaden their perspectives or, you know, come on your show and talk about something else or take an African ancestry test and share your results so that people can start to see outside of their bubble. We have a responsibility, you and I, to help people with that. And and that's why I am so glad to be on here drinking my kombucha with you because it I've learned I'm learning stuff from you. You're learning stuff from me. Oh, You're gonna me. now be talking about new neighbors and colleagues. Yes. Um I love that. And it that that's all we can do, really. Yeah. I don't know what else. That's that's the role we can play in helping our cousins, because because we need help. And and 
the forces you talked about spiritual connection if we could tap into the spiritual connection that is already there mm-hmm. that this system of of white supremacy has or white oppression has disconnected us from mm-hmm. or tried to disconnect us from the force of our spiritual connection is way stronger than the forces that have disconnected us. And that's why knowing where you're from is such so a important. powerful tool. It is. I will say that when I learned that I, when I got my results back and I started reading, I was like, if I'm going to be honest at first, I was like, why couldn't I just be like the, you know, the bigger group, you know, cause it's easy. I could just take yeah. a trip. And so when my, my mother's brother actually took the, the, he took the matriclan and the patriclan test, his matriclan test came back with European ancestry. He got his results back and it was the Yoruba people in Nigeria. And I was like, you know, it's so much easier, you know, because people go to Nigeria, people go to Sierra Leone, people go to Ghana, they go to, you know, all these places. I said, Mimi, how did you end up in Central African Central but African wait, Republic? He's your he's your mother's father's son. So that's the Yoruba that's is your me. ancestry too. It is. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I was saying this to say um, yeah. when I got my um my my, my matriclan test back, there was a huge sense of pride when I learned about who these people were in terms of being like, you know, some of the original people on the continent who still to this day live off the land, they hunt for their food, they're they're a very tight community. And that made me proud. I was like, I told y'all, I'm the blackest mofo in every room I walk in. I get it. Now it makes sense. Dr. Page, another question that I have is that, um, that goes back to something we talked about a while ago was, okay, I'm a female, I take the matriclan test. Males can take matriclan and patriclan tests. If my father or a male on my father's side or like my mother's brother takes the patriclan test, that is that's still explain to people that that is still their DNA because yeah. I don't want people to assume that since for women can't take the test, that's not a part of who they are. Right. So we each get 50% of our DNA from our mother and 50% from our father. I said that. That means you get 25% of your DNA from each grandparent. Okay. So if you learn something about your paternal grandmother, 25% of you came from that woman. Right. So as long as you're related to a person who takes our test, Mm -hmm. you share that same ancestry in some way. Okay. It may not be your direct lineage. Mm-hmm. But it is part of your my makeup, ancestry. my whole makeup, my 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 puzzle. Yep. And how does it work when? Because I've seen some people get results back from um, the African ancestry test, and it'll be like multiple ones listed. Like, yeah. How does so that that's work? a great question. And the way this is possible is because ethnic groups or tribes are not genetic groups. Right. Ethnic groups are cultural and social groups. Okay. So there are times when we find this multiple ethnic group 
in the same country. So for example, um, we find people who share ancestry with the Mende and the Temini people who live in Sierra Leone. So you say, well, am I Mende or am I Temini? Right. Well, Mende and Temini are not, uh, are not genetic groupings. They're social and cultural groupings. Okay. At one point, they were all the same people. Mm. And then over time, some of these same people decided to uh, embrace Mende traditions and some began to embrace Temini traditions. Okay. It's just like um I have it's a great just like example religion. that is like I know like, this is weird. Okay. But it's like the because I watch documentaries and I'm obsessed with um organized crime. It's like the Bloods and the Crips. They all started out, if I'm not mistaken, as the Crips. And they were this, you know, empowering community in LA and they were working to like do good for the people. And then they branched off and the bloods formed. Unfortunately, now they are not good friends, but sometimes I would imagine that happened on the continent as well. I'm I'm sure it happened that when you break up because it's a social group, they may, there may be some, some uh, dissonance or some tension. Yes. But that's conflict. Yes. Thank you. That's the word I was thinking of that I couldn't think of. That's perfect. And then sometimes we find, so that's when we find multiple groups in the same country. Okay. That makes sometimes sense. we find people share ancestry with different countries. Mm-hmm. So for example, the actor, Anthony Anderson, we traced his ancestry to maternally to the booby people living on Bioko Island, which is part of the country of Equatorial Guinea. And the Tikar people living in Cameroon today. Now, Equatorial Guinea borders Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Bioko Island is off the coast of Equatorial Guinea, and it's actually closer to Cameroon than it is to Equatorial Guinea. Okay. So as people move, migration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they migrate, they cross borders, which are artificially and politically drawn anyway. Anyway, right. So that's how you can have people belonging, sharing ancestry with groups in two different countries because the borders are made up. They're drawn in pencil, right? Exactly. exactly. That makes sense. I always wondered that, like, how is it that some people get multiple ones, but that makes sense. And I just was today years old when I learned the concept of um, tribes or groupings in that way are cultural and social versus ethnic. So thank yeah, they're you for not, that. They're versus genetic. They're versus not genetic, genetic. Right. They're not genetic. And we see that, like you said, with the Bloods and the Crips, we also see it like with sororities and I fraternities. Was, so I didn't want to go there, but that was actually the first one that I thought of. But I was like, that gets tricky. I don't want to touch that. No, but like my on. friend, one of our one of our colleagues, uh, Diallo Sumbri, he actually is our director of partnerships. He's an Omega mm-hmm. and he lives in Accra, Ghana. Oh, wow. Okay. His father's an Omega and lives in Trenton, New Jersey. Right. They live in diff- different places, um, but they belong to the same group. Or, I thought of it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. You have thought I was going to say, I thought of it a different way. I thought of it in the sense that um, 
originally there were, you know, there was Alpha Kappa Alpha or AKAs. And yes, then there was. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I don't get into that. I don't. I'm just saying historically they were mm-hmm. the first, right? And then some of them or people decided we're going to start something else and we can exist on the same plane, but we are different. When you said social groups, that's the first thing I thought Mm -hmm. of about how, you know, you have different um, sororities and fraternities. The first thing I thought of was AKAs and then, you know, Deltas. And there are families where somebody's an AKA and someone's a Delta. Oh, my family is. Yeah. So you guys belong to different groups, but you share the same genetics. Same thing with with religion. Absolutely. You know, somebody, you can have a household full of people. Somebody's going to go to the AME church. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to go to the Pentecostal church. Someone's going to go to the Baptist church. And somebody might be a Muslim. And somebody's going to go to the mosque. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. That's good. So I hope you guys out there, I hope this is making sense, but if not, just listen to it twice. Cause it'll, it'll come through if, if it's not making um, any sense, this Dr. Page is this episode is our, uh, it's going to be my uh, Juneteenth episode. So um, I want you to tell uh, my friends and kin about um, a surprise you guys have happening <laughs> around Juneteenth. Yes. So friends and kin. That's what uh, we, I call my listeners. Mm-hmm. That's right. We are celebrating right now. We are celebrating Father's Day coming up and we're celebrating Juneteenth coming up. So this entire week, uh, there is a special offer uh, on African Ancestry Test Kit. So uh, that expires on June 20th. So if you're listening, you can go to AfricanAncestry.com and get your test kit and get a discount. I don't know what day you're listening, so I don't know what the discount is going to be, but um, we definitely want to make that offer available to you just by going to AfricanAncestry.com. And one thing, Mimi, I really want people to, to understand is that you only need one test to be able to share results with so many different family members. So this isn't something where, like with your, the test you took from Ancestry.com, those results only apply to you because they're made up of DNA from your mother and your father. And you're Mm -hmm. the only person on the continent, I mean, on the planet Mm -hmm. who has that combination of DNA. So you can't share those ancestry results with your no, mother or no. any of your cousins or your father. It's only for you. But with when you took our master clan test, you can share those results with everybody on your on mother's side of the family. And yeah. so this is a great opportunity uh, to take the test and share it as a gift with the rest of your family. We also offer a firm, Mimi. So if somebody d- wants to pay for it in installments over time, they're able to do that on our website, or if they just want to get their family members to pitch in, if everybody pitches in 20 bucks, uh, that can go towards the celebration of ancestry for the entire family. So that is funny. You said that when I saw that you guys um, were doing that, I was like, this is the blackest thing ever because they know black people don't be just having 300 and $600 sitting around, put it on layaway. Black folks love a layaway. 
get the test, people. You need to. In my family, on my father's side, which is the side that I'm definitely most connected to, um, I brought it up to them years ago and they were like, eh, they thought I was on another one of my fight the power, you know, kicks. Um, And then I brought it up to them not too long ago. And I think that, you know, what happened was like, you know, time happens and you start losing people and you start losing, you know, the people who can tell the stories. And I don't want those stories in that history to leave my family. And I think that, you know, we're all in, they're interested in it now. So I think that I want to, not, I think I've talked to them. And so we're going to do um, on my father's side, we're going to do the Matra clan and the Patrick clan test so that we can get that information for our families. And I think that we're going to do it uh, where everybody just pitch in, you know, yeah. if you take both tests, I think it's like what? 600. 548. Oh, Come on now, 548 for two. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just going to pitch in some money. We're going to take the test and get the results back. I think, you know, it's worth it. And then the sky's the limit after that. We can take a family trip somewhere. And you offer packages, don't you? Yeah, we have African Ancestry Family Reunions that we launched at the end of 2019. And so Mm -hmm. all of 2020, obviously, we didn't go anywhere. And we just got back in May from the country of Sierra Leone, where Mm -hmm. uh, 10 people came with us, but 59 African ancestry members in total traveled to Sierra Leone in April and received citizenship. So they went to to Sierra Leone on their American passport, and they came home with the Sierra Leonean passport. I want to do that. And of course, so that goes back to like me being like, oh man, when I got my results, like, I don't know if I can do that in the central and central African Republic, but this is why, you know, I think it's important for everybody, you know, for you, for you to get the test across all, you know, facets or facets of the diamond in your family. I think that, you know, just get as much information as you can so that you don't feel like, um, you only have one option. So now I have, I have two options now on my, for my mother's side. Now for my father's side, I want to get um, more options. And so hopefully I'm sure my family, I, I'm telling you now to my kin, my folks, Campbell nation, we are going to get these tests done and maybe we can go on one of the African ancestry package trips family reunion well we're having one this summer so we get ready because that's what we'll talk about when we're um indoors this summer during our family reunion about taking a trip when we get our results back i love that and you know another thing i wanted to just remind your um friends and kin that um sometimes i hear people say that our test is very expensive and that's that's sort of an elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. But for every person who says that it's expensive, there's someone else who said, is that all it costs? And I just want to kind of put it in perspective for your listeners. You talked about um, how we go out and we support other businesses, yes, right? We well, pre-pandemic and in some places during the pandemic, people go out and drop $300 in a night. I know someone drops $300 on the bar. He buys a round for everybody. And by the time he leaves, his bar bill is over $350. And what what do you have to show for that? Nothing. 
people buy Jordans for their kids Listen. that they're going to be able to wear for however Listen. many months. Come on. And now. what do you have to show for that? Come on and preach. Every people every episode, are, somebody is preaching. Preach, Dr. Page. Come people on. are people are spending more than that on their hair and their nails well, well. on a weekly or monthly basis. And on what do you purse. have to show for that? Thousands of dollars on a I'm going to bring it back to the East Coast, to the DMV area. On a pocketbook. You're going to spend $2,000 to $5,000 on a pocketbook? And you so, complain about spending $300 to find out, to, to help with the puzzle, completing the puzzle of your actual identity. Yeah, I have spent so the $300. Value. It's worth it. Yeah, it's value. It's just value. So mm-hmm. I just encourage everybody to think, what is it worth to you? to be able to connect to that, the spirit really mm. of that woman who made it across the, Ooh. across the Atlantic under the most horrific conditions known to humankind. It was a Holocaust known to humankind who made it through complete dehumanization, degradation, rape, torture, mm auction blocks, plantation life. This You have this DNA in you from a woman who's made it through that, who's made it through Jim Crow, who's made it through segregation, who made it through the pandemic. You're here because of that woman. That's and it. so for, what is it worth to you to be able to honor her mm. by understanding, learning, and engaging in the beliefs practices, cultural traditions, and the, and the like that help to make her who she is and that make you who you are. Yeah. And if you think that there's some value to that, then I encourage you to take an AfricanAncestry.com test. And if you are not in a way where you feel, I need to go take this test immediately, you need to reevaluate reevaluate your whole life uh, right now because I want to go take the test again after listening to that. And I already have my results. Um, I do. I want to ask you because a lot of celebrities take your test. What, and maybe it wasn't a celebrity because celebrities are just people just like we are. But what has been your f- most favorite for whatever reason um, reveal in results? Like what has been the most memorable one for you? Celebrity or not? There are two. Okay. So my favorite celebrity one was Q-Tip. Okay. I think I And that's that. because I'm a 20th century hip hop loving chick. So am I. Gen X. This show is all about Generation X. Not that I don't like millennials, but they're weird. But it's all about lifting up Generation X. Shout out to Gen X. Shout so out I, to Gen I love X. Q-Tip. Mm-hmm. And we had the opportunity to for him to take our test. Mm-hmm. And I did the reveal. Mm-hmm. And so that was memorable for me just because, you know, I had a crush on Q-Tip. But also because we we trace his results to the Jola people living in Guinea-Bissau today. And we found a Jola musician. I I watched this. Yeah, the Jola Mm -hmm. are known for a special kind of um, string instrument Mm -hmm. called the Mm Akantine. 
Mm-hmm. And so this musician came out playing the Akanching and oh. and uh, Q-Tip just, he was he was mesmerized and, and it took him to a place that's like, wow, I need to have you on my next album and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And that's one of the things, one of my visions for when we started the company was to see how it would impact the work of artists if they then knew where they were from, how mm-hmm. would their art change or be influenced? Yeah. So that was a favorite. And then my most memorable um, everyday person was uh, a young kid in Dallas. His name is Julian. And Julian mm-hmm. is known as the step stool chef. Okay. He teaches kids how to, how to prepare meals in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And so I met Julian's mom at a conference and she's like, oh my God, I have to get this test for my son. I'm so happy to meet you. He's been asking to do this. And so when she says a 10 year old. Oh, he was a a little kid. Yeah. When she says a 10 year old wants to do this, I'm like, what? We got to do it. So she got the test and he took it and I did a reveal for him when I was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, why did he want to take the test? And he said every year his school, which is a private school, mm-hmm. has an inter- a global day. Mm-hmm. And they put up a huge world map and every student puts a pin mm-hmm. in the country that they come from. And he said, I just looked at the map and I didn't have any place to put a pin. Yeah, that makes me want to cry. And so then... When he got his results, we actually, he was like Anthony Anderson. We found him in um, Bioko Island and Cameroon. And he, if you could just, and I think we have a video of him online. If you could have just seen his face, Mimi, he's already this impressive kid. He's he's so well, well-spoken, like a grown-ass like a person. Like a grown-up, right. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel like you're talking to him. He's been here before. Yeah, so polished and like he could have given my presentation very easily. Um, But to see the pride on his face, he was smiling from ear to ear. And he said, now I can put two pins in the mouth. And it that I mean, I'm a crybaby anyway, but like that makes me want to cry because I can identify with that. And my high school used to have International Day. So the the Samoans at my high school, they would get up and they would do, you know, they would dance. It would be great. The Mexican students, they would, they put on, the Mexican students and the Samoans, they put on a hell of a performance. And because I was in the Black Student Union, like we would try to do, sometimes we would do African dance. But of course, they don't know, but we know that it's, well, we should know. It's just African dance. We don't know exactly where it came from, its connection. It's just dubbed African dance. You know what I mean? And it makes me think about me at that Caribbean Day parade. It makes me think about me at um, International Day when we would do like step routines, which is rooted in Black American culture. But how awesome would it be to be able to be more specific? I understand Julian's plight and for him yeah. to be so young, he he's been here before be so young and understand that he has better sense than a lot of adults. And I, I get that. And I get that hunger and that longing of wanting, I want to know so that I can say, Oh, I am um, of the Biaka tribe of central. Africa. I am of the Yoruba people of Nigeria. I am 
I think that it's something that all black people, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of us look for, but until I think African ancestry, we didn't know how we were ever going to find it. Yeah. Unless your family kept very detailed records. But even if you kept records, we weren't recorded as human beings on a federal census until 1870. And I know that to be true because I have looked through so many censuses. Is that a word? Census? Census documents that before 1870, if you were not free, you were just listed as a number. You were a number, which is kind of similar to being in prison, but that's a whole different story. And even if you were free, there's still going to be a point at which you weren't listed. And no. so you, as, as a Black person researching your family history using traditional methods, mm-hmm. you're only going to get back so far. You're right. And then you're going to hit a brick wall. And I've hit and them on every, yeah. on every line of my family. I've hit them. I haven't been able to go beyond the late 1700s. Yeah. And you've gotten pretty and far. And that's far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that that's why this work is so important, because it helps to fill a void. Mm-hmm. It helps to connect us to and just to have the missing pieces, like you keep saying. It's, it's a missing piece that you may not even realize is missing because of the way we've been conditioned to accept that we just don't know. And if I want to here's a great example, Mimi. Um, if you think about when you work, when you're at work mm-hmm. and they do a team building kind of exercise or they do mm-hmm. an icebreaker exercise and they ask, where are you from? And everybody in that, in the room can say that doesn't look like you can mm-hmm. say where they're from because mm-hmm. they know either from their last name yep. or they have some family tradition or, or the cre- stories have crest. been passed down. They love those crests, don't they? They're crests. Jesus, they got the crests. And then what do we say? Africa. North Carolina. Yeah. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. D.C. And it's a t- it, it, it has a double impact. It makes the, the Black person not want to engage because mm-hmm. now they don't feel good. But the white people look at the Black people like they don't even know where they're from. Well, it's your then fault. you have the the Sorry. impact of that. So this this work is so important. Whether whether you are like some people who get the results and then travel, get the results and then get citizenship, uh, invest, start philanthropic organizations, just teach your kids. Maybe you just learn the language. Maybe you write a, a film or a song or a book, or maybe you just feel more comfortable when you get in the Uber and your driver happens to be from that same country. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, at yeah. least you have another piece for you to be able to look at yourself differently. And, and, you know, we do all sorts of things to look at ourselves differently. The way, you know, we go, I was at the doctor and when I was checking out the, the, person at the desk she had on a pink blue and platinum wig oh she had all those colors mm -hmm. okay she had on lashes she had the the, these really beautifully painted long nails 
She had on a colorful top. She had done all of these things to herself self, to see herself mm. in a different way. So we do it anyway. We do things, you know, to the way we dress and yeah. and and the way we where we choose to spend our money, all of mm-hmm. these things to ident- to see ourselves in a different way. I want to encourage you that knowing where your mother's people come from and or knowing where your father's people come from is another tool to help you view yourself in a different way. And it's an off and not that wearing a platinum blue and pink wig or long nails or loud clothing or shopping at J crew or shopping at stoop and stank, uh, which is uh, yep. a black owned t-shirt. Out to stoop and stank. Shout out to stoop and stank. Look at you, Brianna getting shouts out from Dr. Gina page. Or yeah. Oh you my God. It. I have so many stoop and stank. So t-shirts. do I. In my closet. Listen, I, I told to her she gonna. I'm gonna be. I have sweatshirts. I I'm trying to own a black girl will save the world in every color possible. My favorite one is do it for the culture. That's my favorite one. My favorite one in it is. I haven't bought this one yet though. Spending money like I sell dope. Because if that ain't uh, me, boy, I don't know who I am. I, I recently moved, so I ain't spending money like I sell dope no more. But I think that is um, so funny. But I love the A Black Girl Will Save the World shirt because the idea of seeing little black girls with that shirt on, it's double-edged for me because it's like, you don't have to save the world, sis. Don't feel like you have to. But we saved the world because we created the world. Maybe that's a shirt, Brianna. Black girls save the world because we created the world. But um, I think that knowing where you're from or especially for black people, knowing it puts, there's a part of my spirit that is much more at ease now than it was before I took the test. It definitely is. And even for my mother's brother who took the test and I found out that um, I have you know, Nigeria, Yoruba, that my father's 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 father's, I mean, my mother's father's 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 father is um, of Yoruba descent in Nigeria. That also, it, it puts some calm on me. When the rest of my family on my father's side takes it, like, you ain't gonna be able to tell me nothing. Oh no, I know who I am. I know where my ancestors come from. Now what? Now what are we gonna do? Next. Now, I want, now that you've mentioned the thing about getting citizenship, Sis is definitely going to try to figure that out. I'm going to figure it out because I I want that. I want that connection to pre-middle passage me. I do because I feel like in this country, the narrative is always about slavery and slavery and, and beyond. But there was a whole existence prior to that. I feel like we don't teach our kids. The school system definitely does not um, teach our kids this. The, the, Saddest thing I ever heard a student say was during Black History Month. I used to at my school try to do the blackest things at Black History Month. I used to have, try to have the most militant people come <laughs> and God bless you and speak. And she said, I'm tired of learning about slavery. I don't want to hear about that. That don't have nothing to do with me. Like it, I wanted to cry for her. I wanted to cry for me, for us collectively, because these are the children that are going to run the world or that the world is going to run over. Well, and you know, she shouldn't have to think that she, I can see where she would be tired of hearing about slavery and she should, um, she should be taught that we were here for millennia 
before slavery. Slavery is such a blip on our our entire historical timeline that she should she if she knew about the richness of everything that has occurred before slavery, she would you know she she would have a different perspective. Like not that slavery doesn't have anything to do with me, but slavery didn't. I I am who I am. Despite slavery. Despite slavery. Yeah. We have a lot of work to do. There's so much work to do. We do. I said that on my last episode that collectively, like Black people um, globally need, but especially in America, we definitely need like some kind of group therapy where everybody just gets on the Zoom and just listen. We need a big therapy session. We do. We have a lot of healing to do. Dr. Page, I'm not going to hold you up any longer because I could sit here and do this for hours. This was literally like talking to one of my friends. I want to thank you for stopping by today. Um, friends and Ken, please. How long is the sale? The Father's Day, June 20th. It ends on six, June 20th. So it ends on this Sunday. Okay, June 20th. And when when does it start? Or did it start? It started. It started couple days ago okay so friends and can go get the test you can put it on layaway okay go use a firm get the test find out um find out where your people come from and just read the directions as far as who can take the test because maybe your father isn't alive or you don't have a connection to him if you have a brother if you have an uncle if you have a grandfather um like it could be any male descendant of your grandfather or your great grandfather on your father's side. Um, Take the test because it's so worth it. And if you take the test, I want to know, and I will make that the question that I ask every episode. I post a question. The question that I'm going to ask, I'm telling you now is going to be, have you ever taken any tests and have you ordered your um, African ancestry test? Because you need to. Um, I thank you, Dr. Page for sharing your time and your energy with me. This was a blessing for me. Because when I started this podcast, I was in the thick of um, my genealogical research. Mm. And I was like, I want to have her on the show. I I have to. And people were like, when people would ask me, well, who's your dream guest? And I'd be like, the founder um, of African Ancestry. And they would be like, what? And I'd be like, you know, don't yuck my yum. I like what I like. I want what I want. You want what you want. And so this, for me, is a major podcast milestone it's a major milestone for handing my purse because this is what i i guess manifested uh, over a year ago wow that's that's so thank you so much i'm i'm definitely honored that i would be your dream guest and um i definitely had a good time we'll talk offline about uh baltimore there are a couple of pop-ups in baltimore that i want to visit so maybe we can do that Absolutely. You better be my homegirl. You better be my um, friend. Absolutely. I, I support that. And um, hopefully we hey, can work wait together. A minute. In the shout, out to, shout out to Nubian Human in Baltimore. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my, my girl, Anika. You guys need to check her out. Yes. Yeah, so she, I learned about her through my friend, um, Joanne, who has a boutique as well called We Are Maud. And they. Oh, yeah. 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 And they um, were neighbors when they went. I'm not sure if Nubian Human still has a brick and mortar, but when. Yeah, she's still there. Okay. 
We Are Mod was like three doors down. And I learned about Nubian Human when uh, Joanne was opening. I saw it down the the way and she was telling me, it's so cool. You got to check it out. You got to check it out. So shout out to those two Black-owned businesses yeah, we are right here in Baltimore. Too. Yep, oh, yep, yep, yes, yep, yes, sure. absolutely. And so, um, yes, we will talk offline and let's be real Black and let's just get all the Black people to ancest- African ancestry. Hopefully friends and kin, maybe in the next two to three years, we can have a big hammy my purse African ancestry trip to Africa where we all go. After y'all take the test, you need to have some results. You ain't just going to be going on a trip without no results. That's right. (laughs) Sounds good. You got to invest. So again, thank you, Dr. Page. I appreciate it. Um, Hammy my purse loves African ancestry and loves you, Dr. Page. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank thank you, you. Thank you. Friends and kin, today's Straight Facts comes to us from Jasmine of Tempe, Arizona. I visited Tempe, Arizona in my mid-20s. I actually lived there for about a month for training for work, and it was interesting. Jasmine says, I have a high-maintenance sibling who is treating her second wedding like it's her first time walking down the aisle. Is this common? Should I pretend to be as excited this time around and be full on supportive? Or do you think it's dumb to spend a ton of money and time on your wedding that everyone has to attend again? Jasmine, listen, ain't nobody really got time for that. It's just like people who have, you know, babies within a year to two years apart and they have baby showers for every baby. Unless there was an issue around you getting pregnant or, you know, in my mind, you struggle with getting pregnant. Please don't have a baby shower for babies that you have within nine to 24 months apart, please, because I'm not coming to all of those. I'm not the same way with a wedding. Like if this is your second wedding, unless you are a widow, if you're a widow, I will extend some grace. Uh, Or if there was some kind of trauma or tragedy or majorly unfortunate situation that happens, I'll extend some grace. But if this is just your second wedding, child, just take your ass to the courthouse and have a reception. Like real talk, like just have a reception because people going to come to a party like people going to come. They're going to dance. They're going to eat. They probably going to bring you some gifts. But like nobody wants to go to a whole bunch of weddings. I just think it's a bit egregious. I do, actually. And um, if you already know your sibling is high maintenance, you know what you're getting into. And this would be a good time to establish boundaries. I'm not always the best at that, so I don't really have a lot of suggestions for that, especially around like siblings and family, because like, how do you tell your sibling like, no, I'm not going to be in your wedding again or no, I don't want to be in your wedding again or. I think this is ridiculous because who wants to yuck somebody's yum? But I would imagine that this is a great time to establish some boundaries. And maybe it's just a conversation you can just have with them. I think you said it was a her. You can have with her like, yo, are are you serious? Like, why don't you just have offer a suggestion? Like offer it 
in a soft way. I don't know. Things get tricky, you know. And I'm just thinking if she's already high maintenance, like, do you even want to do that? Girl, good luck. I hope you have a good time. And I hope you ain't got to wear no ugly dress. Friends and Kim, for today's We Got to Do Better for the Juneteenth episode for 2020, I stumbled upon this quote and I think that it really uh, brings everything back home for me whenever I speak about injustices in this country that black people face or whenever I speak about slavery or think about slavery and think about um Juneteenth, because you can't really think about Juneteenth without thinking about slavery. Can't think about slavery without thinking about injustices done and oppression that was inflicted upon or that is inflicted upon black people in this country. Hell, you can't even think about Juneteenth without thinking about that, because I can't really think about it without thinking about the fact that for two and a half full years, enslaved black people in Texas still were slaves when it was clearly abolished. And I mean, two and a half years. So many things can happen in two and a half years, right? Anyway, I don't even want to. Let me just read you this quote. It is by Richard Wright. And the quote says, We black folk, our history and our present being are a mirror of all the manifold experiences of America. What we want, what we represent, what we endure is what America is. If we black folks perish, America will perish. Boom, bam, bop, bada bop, boom, pow. Friends and kin, I want to say thank you to God first because, you know, It's what I do. God is supreme and I recognize and appreciate the grace that God extends to me every single day of my life. I want to thank myself for just being me. Nothing fancy, nothing detailed, just for being me. That's it. I'm grateful for myself. And sometimes we got to do that. Showing gratitude for ourselves or for yourself is definitely a form of self-care. And here at Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, we are all about self-care. I'm thankful for my family, my friends, my supporters, and of course, my friends and kin. You guys out here listening, supporting me every 1st and 15th of the month. I appreciate you guys. I love y'all so much. And my time and energy, the time and energy that I put into this podcast and that I get to share with you, it's an honor for me, especially if you keep coming back and double especially if you share with people and I can't wait until the next time we get to do this again. Now, before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this show, I want you to take a moment, stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, scroll up and go click subscribe or follow. If that is an option on the streaming service where you're listening. Now, I want you to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at hand me my purse underscore podcast. Also, follow me on the Twitters at H-M-M-P underscore podcast. And on Facebook, if you like, just search Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. I promise I need to get better at that or find an intern. You know what? Let this be a call to action. I'm looking for an intern or an intern because I don't have any money to pay you. So I'm definitely looking for somebody who is open to volunteering their time. 
because I need some assistance. And if I want this podcast to grow, I can't do it all by myself. Look at me, a black woman saying that I can't do it all by myself. I need some help. So if you're interested, send me an email at hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm looking for some help. Sister needs some help. Look at me. There people do that for you. And I haven't said anything about my therapist for the entire show. But you know what? Shout out to my therapist because I love her and she is amazing. Now, as I was saying, now, if you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or any other medium that allows you to do so, please rate and review the show. Give it a thumbs up. Or if you're really feeling like it deserves it, give it a thumbs down, but don't really give it a thumbs down. Please be sure to share Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, with your friends, your loved ones, and even your enemies, because the best way for people to find out about this show is by you guys, my friends and kin, telling them all about it. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a random person walking on the street. Also, if you submit a review of the show, your review may be featured on a future episode. Today's review comes from an auntie two and an auntie two says, "Okay, Mimi Walker, very easy listening made me laugh and think. Thank you so much for an auntie two's review. So you guys need to remember, please subscribe and or follow the show so that you are the first to know. When I drop a new episode, which is the 1st and 15th of every month, follow Hand Me My Purse on social media, rate and review the show, and tell your friends and your kin about the show. Because sharing is caring. Show notes are always available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com, and I highly suggest that you get into the habit of reading them because they got they got the keys to the street. And this time, I put a whole lot of links in, so make sure you go and check it out. Also... Just an FYI, the opening and closing music is provided by none other than Gloomy Tunes, which is a local producer here in Baltimore City. And please submit your questions for the Straight Facts segment, as well as any photos, stories, or quotes about your aunties that you want me to share to hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. And they may be featured on a future episode or on our social media pages. Also, I don't want you to forget, you can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered on those days. Again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, these are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.